What's up, everybody? Hey, hey. Yo, yo. I, I, dude, I'm insecure now. I'm, Are you? I don't say I made you insecure. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I made say. Chris insecure for yo, saying yo, yo. I was oh, like, why do, you, why do you always talk about a child's toy at the beginning of the podcast? <laughs> yeah, so I don't, I don't do it anymore. Tinker toy, tinker toy. But, man. What's this, up? This weather, we didn't have a we didn't have a it fall. Snowed. It went literally. We right, had right. three good days of winter, and yep. then it's it's this. I've had yep. to reschedule four sessions this week. Oh really? Yeah. Did you reschedule tonight? Uh, yeah, actually, I was supposed to shoot tonight before this, and I mean, didn't happen. No. Right. Yep. So next Crazy week time. Is, is slammed. The seasons are a changing. It's amazing. Speaking of seasons, hey, is it too early to start listening to Christmas music? Yes. No. no. no Isn't that funny how we disagree? <laughs> Please <laughs> no. don't. But. It's the end. Actually, I was thinking about this earlier. Today is a first, a third, and a last. What? A first, a third, and a Explain. last. It is our first 20th episode ever of any season. Okay. Because we've done 18, season, 18 episode seasons. It's Sam's third time back on the podcast. Oh, wow. Ooh, and wow. it's our last episode of the season. Ever. <clears throat> No. no. Oh, I thought. I thought don't that's, do. Don't do that. Where you were going with it? Yeah, we're that's just dropping it. Big announcement. Yeah. yeah. Oh, First, the third, and the last. That's pretty cool. I like yeah. that. that. I was trying to make it like a, you know what's black and white and red all over, right. but I couldn't think. of No, it. that's where my mind went. I don't know what those are called. A riddle. Right. Yes. Try to make it a riddle. Right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Good stuff. You got stuff. Yeah. So I have something. This is a. You went deep last week with your little. little oh, that's right. Illy moment that you uh-huh. know she, you learned something. So right. um, I can't get. I can't get too specific, um, but but I do want to talk about something I've been thinking about, and I've been thinking about this idea of right and wrong, um, Ooh, and so like specifically when it comes to um, just some of my prayers that I find myself praying, like Lord, specifically Lord, I just want to do the right thing, mm. um, and and so this idea of of that may not be the best approach to take. Um, when it comes to to God, I just want to do the right thing, um, and this all goes back to conversations that we've had about you know sourcing from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and all that kind of stuff, and 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 so mm. I, I just found myself repeating this phrase in prayer. There was something that happened um, earlier this week, and we we're possibly going to have to make some big decisions finance-wise finance and job-wise and things like that. And so um, it was one of those moments where I go, okay, it doesn't seem like there's a win-win here. They mm. All of these options seem like lose-lose. Lord, I don't know what to do. I just want to make the right decision. And, uh, and I wish uh, I, I would have brought my, mm. my little prayer journal with me because I, I wrote something in Sa- there. Sam, maybe you can help us real quick. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you're discussing like the theology of God's will, Yes. There aren't there like two categories is like something about a revealed will and then a something else will permissive. Permissive will. And what is that? Well, it's like you can you can make the decision and he'll sovereignly work in the middle of that, I think. Right. Okay. Permissive will, I've given you some freedom and versus sovereign will. Sovereign will. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. I was trying to think of yep. that one day and yep. I couldn't think of the theological mm-hmm. statements. Well, you got it now, big boy. <laughs> right. So is that kind of what you're thinking about? Yeah, like, so I mean it was one of those. Well, it was more so along the lines of of I felt this little this little correction because it, it it wasn't just that I wanted to make the right decision, you know, to to best serve my family, but more that I was afraid to make the wrong decision, um, mm. which I thought was an interesting place to be. Fear, yeah, you know, making decisions out of out of fear and, and all that stuff, and I and I felt like. God kind of corrected me a little bit, and, and it's just a little mindset tweak. Mm. Some people might say it's semantics, but I often find it's in those things that when you tweak your mindset, it it can actually really change a lot of things. And so I felt like God was was um, kind of trying to 
alleviate some of that maybe fear, pressure, uh, burden, weight, you know, yoke, whatever word you want to use yeah. to describe any of what yeah. I was feeling, but kind of this like don't worry about making the right decision. And and I felt like he was telling me what's the best decision. Like wisdom? Well, just what's the best decision. And then getting more specific, like, God, I want to make the right decision. Like, that's something that I can just throw out there and begin to pray. But that is so vague and, and may not even hold any weight. And so God kind of shifting my prayers to be a little more specific to, Lord, help me make the best decision um, for my family, for my wife, for, you know, and just it... And, it may not seem like it was that big of a deal, but that little tweak from meaninglessly saying, oh, I want to do the right thing or feeling the burden to, right. to do the right thing. Yeah. It, I don't know. It was something that was that was well, a big deal for me. This I, I kind of had an experience and I won't go too much into detail either, but um, I was I was talking to God one day about something and it was almost like he he just kind of reassured me. He said, look, he said, there's no condemnation for that. So whether you do or don't do that, there's no condemnation. He said, but now that you know that, <laughs> I'm asking you not to. <laughs> oh. Is that not... That's interesting. Isn't that's that interesting? interesting? Yeah. You have freedom, mm-hmm. and there's no condemnation if you do yeah. do this thing, whether or not it's sin or not. But as a father, I know what's best. I'm right. wise. Right. I see all things. Mm-hmm. I'm asking you not to. So it turns into a relational well, thing yeah, than a say. legalist yeah, exactly. thing, right? Right. And that's law versus love, that's right? That's right. And that law versus relationship. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I experienced that in my prayer with him, like in my conversation. Now I get it, mm. right? These things are right or wrong or good or bad. But when the father says, son, right, I'm asking you. Yeah. Well, and you know, completely it, different. That's good. It, it was just so interesting too to even just even begin to think about what is wrong. And you know, this maybe this is getting into territory of absolute truth and you know stuff like that. But <laughs> but even just to think about what is right and what is wrong, not even talking from a moral standpoint, I may believe that drinking water from a styrofoam cup is right, and you may believe it's wrong. And <laughs> either way, the water's getting... So it's just little things like... So I've been thinking a lot about... Save the earth. Right. <laughs> about saving the <laughs> saving the earth. Just about some of that stuff. And um, so it was interesting. Wow. It's good yeah. stuff, man. Yeah. yeah. I always love hearing uh, that personal, just what the Lord's showing people mm-hmm. in right. that secret place, right? You're in relationship yeah. with Him. You're praying, you're crying out, you're going to him, and he's he's showing you things. He's yeah. leading and guiding you. Yeah, and it was it was. I'll even I'll give you round up and kind of give you the oh here's you know here's everything that happened. But you know even in all of that, I felt like God was saying, hey, just just rest. You you don't need to try to do anything right now. Mm. Just let this thing play out. Just don't. And I mean, and and when this thing came up, I was already in fix it mode. Let me let me fix it. What are all my options? What you know all fix of these it, things. Felix. Let me fix it. You know that kind of thing. I want to wreck it. That's <laughs> that's Satan. That's what Satan. Right. Says. Ralph. Ralph. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. So anyways, you know, I got to this place to where um, I just felt like God was saying, hey, just let this thing play out. And uh, and sure enough, you know, Larry came home yesterday and shared a piece of information with me that, you know, we got all worried and worked up for, for nothing. And so it, wow. it was one of those things where Jesus. it played out. And, and I'm going, God, what are you trying to teach me in that moment? You know, that was there was this high stress 36-hour period that, mm-hmm. you know, we just went through. And, and God saying that, you know, I tend to run to let me fix this mode mm-hmm. and, and or trying to fix it, whatever right. it is. And right. and that may not be the best thing to do yeah. um, every time. 
Yeah. So that's good. Always Sometimes say just sitting back and, and letting God do what he's going to do. I always say it's not the end of the world unless it is, and then we get to see Jesus. So. There you go. Right. Yeah. I feel I know I've heard you say that before. Mm-hmm. Anyways. <laughs> I'll keep saying it till the day I die, I suppose. <laughs> awesome. Uh, that's all I got. Good stuff. Yep. Sam McVeigh. Mm. Welcome. What's cracking, bro him? Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's awesome. It's been good. You've been commenting on uh, on our last couple live yes. feeds, and so uh, yeah. I'm, I'm super glad you hit us up to come I just, on. Yeah. I just appreciated that whole exchange, so I'm just going to talk about the text you sent me. Okay. So Sam sends me a text, and he's just <laughs> like, uh, hey, what what does somebody have to do to, to get on the podcast? Like, is there a form online? What does yeah. I got to do to get on the, the podcast? Application, yeah. Yeah. And I was <laughs> like, bro, what is what do you have to do, or does what must one do? And he was like, me. And I'm like, just say the word. And he, and he co- texted me back and said, word. And so I was like, that's on, baby. Yeah. That's so great. can I can I yeah. ask you what yeah. what sparked you wanting to come on? Well, I don't. You know, I just I think you guys are good at this, and I thought it was a fun context. I was enjoying the interchange, and um, yeah, I don't know. It just got in my heart. The church planting. Yeah. Content. Church yeah. planting thing, and it got in my heart. I've done some of these with Jason, and yeah. I thought well, that'd be fun to jump in that yeah, pool again. Yeah. I didn't know if it'd be this soon, but here we yeah. are. Here we are. It's, man. A, it's a jacuzzi today because it's cold outside. <laughs> yeah, in the pool. Right. <laughs> it's nice and warm in here. That's yeah, funny. That's right. So Sam, you you are kind of rounding off the church planter discussion, but we're actually um, calling this today Alternative Church Expressions. Mm. Um, We did have some of our Facebook group members. We have uh, a Facebook group called the Salty Dogs Christian Podcast Group that we have dubbed the Dog House. Mm. And so every time I say the Dog House, I have to say, Dog House! (laughs) So... The, and our, I don't. I know I don't he do doesn't. That. I just thank do you for that. Yeah. By the way, I won't I just, do that. Yeah. Anyways, I just like to go a little hip hop every now and then. If that's, but so anyways, uh, the doghouse, and so mm. we did put up a, a poll one time and say, hey, what what do you guys want to hear about? And that's what brought about the episode called Kingdom Vision for Marriage and Family. Yeah, oh. that's right. We um, talk about which that. actually, um, you were the one that told me one time. Uh, about getting kingdom vision for uh, for family for mm-hmm. marriage, I yeah. heard you talk about that, and so we had a whole episode on that. But the runner up was the alternative church expressions, huh. and so it seems like people out there are kind of wondering what other bodies of believers gatherings, what that stuff is kind of looking like. Mm. We did an episode called "Is Something Missing," mm. and basically that was just the premise of like you know you're sitting in a church service, you've been doing it for years, and you're just looking around saying you know feel like there's something missing. And so people tend to maybe look for different expressions after that. Right. And and actually that was one of those things um you know when we I think our listener base is made up of a lot of people who have experienced some form of church hurt, um, maybe being burned by the church, uh being burnt out in ministry. Would you say they're a little salty? Yeah, I would say there's I'm probably say they're a little salty um about just the current um climate. Yeah. You know of of how church is done. You know that that whole thing. Um, e- even that phrase is probably triggering for for some of our <laughs> listeners. And so I, I think that a lot of the people that are probably listening to our podca- podcast are wanting some change. You know, and so I think that this conversation um, is going to be really good and really intriguing for a lot of them. Right. So I, I would love to hear your church planting past your hmm. journey and how that has led you to what you are up to now, um, which I think um, probably around the time that we, me and my wife and just kind of people around us started questioning some different things. And, you know, we're singing the song of unity, but also talking about like, you know, 
thinking about church reform and that kind of stuff. Right. And we had just come out of church planting. So we were kind of like, you know, and, mm-hmm. and then we got around you and we got around a lot of other people and realized, you, you know, you're connected with a whole bunch of different expressions of the body. And so I would love the story to yep. kind of lead into what you're seeing God doing now. Okay. That isn't necessarily that Sunday morning, come and see kind of situation. Right. This will be right. really interesting for me to hear because I've never heard this. Is story. that right? So yeah, yeah. I'm excited yeah. to hear this. Yeah. Virgin ears. <laughs> <laughs> Woo-hoo! Yes. Sam, we're ready for you. I know, you've told, I know you've told a million times. Yep. Tell it again. Buddy. Okay. Okay. So yeah, Amy and I uh, get married in 89. That's how old I am. I'm your oldest guy on so far, right? Probably. 52. Anybody beating 52? I, I think you might be it, How man. old is a deep voice? Oh, uh, Derek Shore. Derek Shore. Man, I'm sorry, I blanked. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Derek. I'm sorry. <laughs> Senior, it's like Deep a Watergate Voice. deal. Paging, right. Paging Mr. Voice. Paging Mr. Deep Voice. Yeah, Derek Shore. I don't know. Well, yeah. Derek, how old are you? We'll see if he gets there back to us. We'll see. All right, we put it out there. Anyway, so we get married in 89, and we. Um, I was going to go to seminary. I'd got a Bachelor of Arts in Sociology at a Baptist school and was going to get my Bible stuff at Fuller Theological, wanted to go out there, and felt like I was not supposed to do that. Um, I was supposed to get at it. So we're, I'm from Illinois. <coughs> Amy's from El Dorado, Kansas. So we um, immediately, I go to the Baptist guys and the Methodist guys and say, anybody got a church? And this is not part of the, this is just the setup. But I, a Methodist guy was so desperate in some rural area <laughs> that he gave me a church of 65 people that were 65 years and older oh, that nice. wanted a guy to just visit the elderly, you know, and I wanted to take over the world, you know, and yeah. revival and full uh-huh. of vim, vigor, and pride. Yeah. And so I cut my teeth in a little bit of a country traditional Methodist church nice. for a year. Did and you develop a good, deep hallelujah while you were there? <laughs> no, oh, not at all. I, okay. Still puberty hadn't was going on through that whole deal. So, <laughs> Praise Lord, yeah, right. I was squeaking still. Yeah, that's good. So, uh, but I leave within a year, back aches during the, you know, and we're just, they, they don't like me. I don't like it. And so I head through Kansas City and get to El Dorado and basically have a church. I, I inherit what was a church split in in Wichita, it was called Country Acres. I think it's still here. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like I've heard. Yeah, of they're that. here and doing well, but they had had a, a really good run, and then it had a three-way split, and fifteen of the people ended up over in El Dorado. Um, and so I, anyway, some dynamics in that, but I end up inheriting this, and I got fifteen people, and I'm so it's like a church plant, if you will, beginning of a deal, and I'm working in the oil field to make it all work. And uh, I think Amy's hmm. pregnant with the second baby. We got nine kids. You have nine so kids number now. two yeah, is man. there with no insurance. You know, and here is we go. Is that how you call them these days? Just by numbers? Oh yeah, I don't know their like, names. Like, like thing one and thing two. Yeah, how am I gonna? I'm not remembering. I mean, names. who can remember this? Sixteen grandkids. There's no way. So, anyway, um, that quiver is full. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So we we do that, and it we 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 cut our teeth. We're growing a little bit. Some people are coming. I end up merging with a guy who had a vineyard in uh, Leon, Kansas. So okay. he's moving to El Dorado. A guy gets us together. We meet up, and so I'm 23, 24. End up I being the senior pastor. He's the worship guy. We suddenly had about 120 people. We start praying a bunch. Um, I praying like three times a day. I've always been a prayer guy. Yeah. Even though I'm ADD, just a prayer. I know it's weird and ironic, you know, but discipleship and prayer, that's all I know. Right. And meeting with people and then we do prayer meetings. And so we're doing that and more people keep coming and we're terrible. We never run any ads. The chair, it's bad. I mean, it's really. You didn't have a website or nothing. Oh, yeah, whatever. I didn't, did they have the internet back then, right? So, <laughs> what, what year was this? Yeah, 1990. Oh, 90. 91. No, there yeah. was no internet. Right, right, right. 
Not so, even. There was no Chris Cerna either, depending <laughs> no on, on when. Yeah, yeah right. that's funny. <laughs> you, yeah, exactly. You were stern. I, you were uh, brewing. I was. Yeah. All we'll right. leave it at that. Let's keep going. <laughs> so we, out of this, started kind of planting some um, churches because I'd meet some people in other towns in Butler County. And um, and so that's happening. And in, 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 in the middle of it, I get out of the organization I'm in and go independent. I think I'm getting as pure as can be. And I start uh, a church, feel led to start a church, plant it from Eldorado into Wichita. 1990, gotcha. 1996. Man. Wood. That's pretty early. Yeah, well, that we were doing that. Well, the, I mean, I feel like the, I mean, when did the did church planting it? movement really hit? Did you call oh, it church I planting? I wouldn't even, I know. I didn't know it. You probably that. just thought, I'm just going to start a church here. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So we'd done it in Tawanda. We were working on Augusta. We were, and then so Wichita. So little towns in which, yeah, in yeah, Kansas. Yeah. Right, right. And then suddenly, and it was actually a supernatural story, all these people show up from Wichita and El Dorado. I'm like, oh, it was confirmation because I'd felt a call. So we go. We're in the middle of that, and I'm reading Watchman Nee, Normal Christian Life, uh-huh. and getting fully screwed up about the finished work of Christ yeah. that I was still trying to accomplish. Yeah, My prayer meetings were asking for spirit to come, finding out, oh, he's already here, you know, oh, right, things like right, that. Right, right, right. Yeah. Then I start reading Bible prayers that Paul's praying for. Anyway, I, I'm in the middle of this church plant, and the, the, the crux of the matter was uh, 19... 98, somewhere like a year and a half, two in, I feel like the Lord says to me, you're planting Ishmael and I want Isaac. So flesh that out for us. I knew my Bible enough to know it was bad news. Yeah. That's bad news. It's going okay. We're doing a Sunday night thing, sharing a building. I've never owned a building. People are showing up. People are showing up and I'm doing my thing and we're doing prayer and we're talking revive, blah, blah, blah. So, um, but I'm getting messed up and I, I'm just like coming apart as it relates to what is this structure? What am I doing with this group that sits there and I listen and then I'm calling them into allegiance to what we're doing. And then the, mm. the spirit whispers that phrase. And I know what it means, obviously, and the metaphor is obvious, but let me say, obviously, I'm, I'm trying to fulfill a promise of God by my own energy and effort that he never asked me to do. Whoa. Gosh. So what are you what are you thinking when you're I mean you're you're hearing so, all this you're getting so all this I got five six kids on the ground and I'm thinking this is my livelihood this is all I know and it's over for I mean as it has been right it's over for me right then I supernaturally meet a couple different streams one out of England a guy who had come here who had already done this ten to fifteen years before they were hearing this Man. before. And they were going, the Lord was calling people outside the camp, outside of the normal institutional section. So right. he had written a couple books on it. And I meet him. I meet this other dude in the city that was going through this. We all come together. And I basically dissembled, disassembled uh-huh. a church plant. Amy said it was a wild thing to watch. <laughs> okay. I would weekly tear it apart what we were doing from the pulpit. Pull pulpit-pain. these wires Holy out. Moly. Pull these wires What are we doing? Out. Giving into this. Th- what are we... I mean, it was, yeah, it was right. a wild thing, but my conscience was driving me Yeah, and I couldn't do anything else. But and you so, just started asking questions. Why are we doing this? Yeah, exactly. You know, just to interject real quick. Yep. Um, there was a point in our journey where we started asking the question, who said? Yeah. And I mean, yep. it was a very simple question, but who said we have to have right. groups? Who said we have to, who said, right? Like, right. and I'm pre where did all this that from? I'm pre any oh, of that pre language. Groups, pre, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we're. Yeah. The the whole I'm trifecta. More, what do we do? Yeah. And I got serious about it was that phrase and then Matthew 16 that just drilled into my heart where Jesus said I will build my church. Right. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it and go it says I. 
doesn't say y'all will. Yeah. <laughs> and then I couldn't find anywhere after it where he asked me to do it. Right. I couldn't find one verse, plant the church, build the church, nothing. I could see, equip the saints, make disciples, but I couldn't find any of that. I'm like, it was already starting to evolve yeah. within the movement I was in. They were starting to talk church planting. They mm-hmm. wanted me to take three states and plant as many as I could. Right. That's when I got out of there because I was like, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. You know, and so and you could have been speaking on some of the biggest platforms in America. I'm just kidding. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. I've shot myself in the foot multiple times. People, hey, take this building if you'll join our group. No, (laughs) take this away. You could have ended up on the uh, pastor sneakers Instagram. What (laughs) was that? Preachers and sneakers. Preachers and sneakers Instagram. Have you heard of that? No, not at all. Oh, it's yeah. It's there's a no. I'll I'll really oh yeah. Talk about it. It's pretty funny. There's a there's a someone on Instagram, a guy who created an Instagram account called Preachers and Sneakers, Mm. and all he does is he will take a picture of a celebrity megachurch pastor and, and he'll put the shoes and say like, the new Nike Airs, whatever, you know, so-and-so rocking these, they're looking fresh. And then he'll just have the price tag on the other one. And he'll just let people do whatever they do with it. And so he's just throwing the information. And so it's it's interesting. At least it's not Jets. Right. <laughs> have you seen John Chris' new video about Preacher with Jets? Yes. Oh, no, I have not. Hilarious. I to watch yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. That's Anyways. awesome. <laughs> it's good so, stuff. So you get out. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm out and I fold into doing house church and I'm writing. I'm just writing this monthly thing about what I'm going through and I'm doing this deal, sending it out to all these relationships I had. Yeah, writing. writing. Okay. And I've got some that say, we're going with you and some that said, you're out of your mind. You've lost it. You know, you're getting out of, where you've got this grace, you got this, let's do this. And I'm like, I can't do it anymore. And so I start doing everything. I mean, I'm doing stuff on eBay. I'm selling dishes on eBay, motorcycles, flipping houses, I just go into business and I end up importing a bunch of furniture out of England with this buddy I'd met and just trying to keep food on the table while I'm doing house church. And I start on a, on a mode of four or five years, I say, where I'd been trying to get everybody into church. I got so anti-institutional. Right. I was like trying to get everybody out. Yeah. I'm like there, there are you, systemic the, problems in this. It will never be fixed. The pendulum swung. And see, and that's, I feel like we both experienced that. You know, we were in our paradigm. Mm -hmm. We were, it it existed in an environment where it was very much this way. And, and, you know, I don't know, I won't speak for you, but for me, my mind went, well, this is wrong. So this has to be right. And it became, you know, everything that was over here is, and it's normally somewhere in the middle, probably. Well, what I found is it's inside me. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) But anyway. So I, uh, he says this, I feel him whisper that in my heart that you're doing it again and stop it. I never asked you to get people in or to get people out. I've equipped you and made you to equip the saints. So, whoa, that was a big moment. Say that me. again. I didn't ask you to get people in the church or out of the church. I asked you to equip the saints and make disciples. And so very interesting. I felt some <clears throat> liberty to use the Christian culture, which is what I think it is Sunday morning, blah, blah, blah. I don't think I've, I don't have Bible for why we have to do what we're right <laughs> on the day. It's yeah. culturally carved out, whatever. And I felt some free, like, Hey, they're off work. So I, you know, this is where you want to go. I start sure. this thing in 2004 called new life equipping ministry. Yeah. Cause I saw a division between the church, which I was, and I still am radically focused on. It's a people. Yeah. And, and I think language is important. I'm definitely oh, not getting as many Let, arguments about it, but I'm like, I think language is very important. It's very important. Let, Everybody will say, "Yeah, I believe that," and then they say other stuff. Right. It, let, let me rewind just a little bit. Do it. So you're in this. You have this experience with 
God, and he basically says, you're building Ishmael. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I want Isaac. I want Isaac, which is his promise. My promise fulfilled by my spirit. By his spirit. Yes. So he's basically exposing it. I'll build the church, not you. Right. So you're trying to do this thing out of your own strength, own power, whatever it is. Good intentions, good heart, being as obedient to the scriptures as you possibly can based on the way that you've interpreted them up to this point. Yes. And slash based, full of pride, full of da da Slash all right. that. But okay. also what you've inherited, <laughs> you inherited from the Christianity that was, Absolutely. was given to you. Absolutely. Right. That right. Right. So, so the, I guess my, my question is like, it, I don't. I, don't I know. had Maybe, no blueprint. I, I, no, but I never <clears throat> seen anybody do it yet. I I probably shouldn't like create this dichotomy. Yep. But why do you think you've heard that and not some of the other people are still in that? Oh my gosh! I cannot believe you're asking that. That's kind of a tough question, right? Yeah, I think that's multi layered. Yeah, okay. I think I think multiple people have heard it. Oh, yeah. I think the level of response and interpretation. So, you know, the prophetic, they talk about you know, the, the revelation, the interpretation, and the application. Right. So, what guys tried to do, I think actually, eh, I think a lot of the church streams we have today have heard it. Okay. But they started interpreting it and applying it by right. innovation. Yeah. Innovation and borrowing. Mm. I didn't interpret that way. Okay. I interpret it by eject and get out for a season, right. detox, because the main problem is you don't have the right wineskin. That's not the problem. The problem is the wine. Dude, that's that's so crazy that you bring this up, and I've, I've said this on the podcast before. So for us, when we started planting Living Water Church, I know that you had actually met with, you know, I know that you and, and our former senior pastor had gotten together, and, and I think Zach. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, so you guys had talked. Oh, and that's so, right. So we... Uh, <laughs> We had set out to be different. Mm-hmm. We had set out to do something different, to to be different, and all of that. Um, and and a lot of us that God had brought together were, I would say, in the Salty Dogs podcast camp. As far as something's got to change, there, you know, we cannot we cannot be the church and exist in in the way that it has existed for the past twenty years. You know, really, or so that it's it's gotten pretty popular. So, but anyways, we get in and we do the exact same thing that everyone that we all knew that we've all seen and, right. and i remember i'll never forget it one sunday morning we were standing around talking and it felt like we were throwing a party for jesus and he wasn't there yeah. and uh and so we we just and it we could feel it and so mm. uh one of the women on our and our staff looked at us amy and said we were like what what's going on and she said you know and she's kind of one of these people that's got more prophetic bin and she said you know i'll tell you what it is we just did exactly what we knew and it's when she said that, it was just like the air got sucked out of the room and we knew and we spent the next week praying and trying to figure out what does it look like, God, to get back onto what you and the analogy that God brought to me was we took this new wine and we shoved it in this old wine skin and, and we know how that works. Yes. And so yeah. it's not the wine that needs to, it's the wine skin. Right. And, so, and so for us, <sighs> that's where... You know, our body of believers, our community of faith has been on this, like, what does, we've left that, yep. what does this look like? Yeah. And so I, I just think it's really interesting that you brought up that analogy. Yeah. So you're, that's what God spoke to us. So you're 20 years now on the other side of... 20 years from not even first church planning. I'm 30 years from, you know, whatever, 27. I'm 20 years from the revolution. <laughs> So is the moral Beginning. of the story just get older and we'll figure it out? Yes. Maybe. And have okay. a lot of kids. And have a lot of kids. Oh, right. wow. Right. Get in over your head. 
<laughs> and then the miracles have to happen for you to live. That's right. Because it's ridiculous. Yeah. Even yeah. today, I get, yeah. you know, pass around the city, I deal with so many of them, and they're like, explain again what it is you do, because I don't get how any of this works. They're like, how <laughs> do you make a living? Okay. Exactly. So, so I want to ask you a question, and I know we'll get back to this, but uh, back to uh, whatever direction you want to go, but you made the in- interesting distinction yeah. that, uh, what did you say? It's it's revelation, interpretation. And then application. Application, okay. And, and you think that there's a disconnect between the interpretation and the application? Between the revelation and the interpretation. Okay, even, between there. And then you get rougher at the application. So, I think it's a crescendoing mess. Right. <laughs> so do you believe that, that... I hate to even to bring yep, this up, but yep. that money mm-hmm. and pastors worrying about their well-being has to has some sort of stake in this. And I'm not saying that they're in it to make big bucks as much as it is like, dude, I'm just trying to pay my rent and I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to keep food on the table. Like, do you feel like there's this this essence that's there that's like, I want to make these changes, but I don't know how that would work. A lot of pastors, their only skill set is pastoring. Right. You know? And, and Absolutely. So, and it has to do with me even today trying to keep the purity of what I'm doing. I'm literally talking with my wife yesterday about do we have integrity with what I'm doing or am I selling out? Right. I've been on a almost a weekly make sure I don't slip in because I'm trying to feed my family. Right. And and I'm getting money. So but that's huge. Right. And I don't think it's some insincere evil oh, thing. No, 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 it's no, like no, no. I've got to eat and here's what I do and there's this institution. So the only thing I had is I was crazy enough to take risk at multiple times yeah. with that. And I'm not even sure how it worked out. I mean and I'm not right. I'm not being like funny. I don't it's ridiculous what I did and I'm a guy that likes it safe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the irony of what's going on. So I do this in 2000. I feel the liberty. I start getting convicted in 2002, 2000. By 2004, I'm sitting there and I, I've i got the distinct, I feel permission from the Holy Spirit. I hope I'm not doing too much Holy Spirit talk on Salty Dog. Is oh, that okay? no, you're good. Okay, great. So I feel permission. We're down with the SP. <laughs> I get, HSP. I what feel is, the liberty. I don't know what you mean. Holy Spirit. I don't <laughs> oh, okay. The HS? <laughs> yeah, the HS. The HS. Yes. Good. Um, so, yeah, I feel that liberty to use the Christian culture to do an equipping ministry. Mm-hmm. I made the division between what was the equipping ministry, something done to the church, and then the church, which is the one who is the church. It's the people. They, they are it 24-7. And so <laughs> I've got this really strong in my heart. And I'm going to start this experiment. I call it. It's, I'm st- I'm 15 years into this experiment right now. So I started in El Dorado again. Uh-huh. I, I've anyway. I moved to Wichita. I, I went back, launched again on a Sunday morning on Easter. And when I say launched, I mean a couple of people with the guitars. No time setting up. I ne- we <laughs> right. We don't spend a lot of time on aesthetics. Yeah. I'm like, if I can't do this by grace and anointing and pre- and Jesus is at the party. Yeah. Which is your phrase for anointing. Yes. Um. Then I'm not doing it. And so we show up and there's presence. And so, but I'm (laughs) at nauseum Sunday after Sunday going, this is not church. This is not church. You're the church. You're the church. I'm telling you, people had to, they were fine. We get it. Okay. We get it. You know, and people were showing up and I began what I used this phrase with you before. I became a kingdom midwife. I would Mm -hmm. tell people, Ah. I believe I have no vision for you. I have no vision. You can't join me. I have nothing for you to do. Right. You can't sign the papers. I have nothing for you to do. And mostly because of the fear of the Lord. And I'm telling you why, because of my biblical conviction. It's this, that you, I'm going to help you and have this intimacy and abiding life in him. And I'm going to help you unpack Ephesians 2.10. 
um, that there are preordained works before the foundation of the earth. I believe everybody here already yes. has a call right. and a vision. I'm not going to distract you with mine and helping you You help me build anything. I exist for you, and I'm not just joking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we started getting people up in the stirrups, pardon the metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it. i'm doing <laughs> breach. I, I think the church is breach right yeah. i think most believers struggle with being breach uh paging dr mcveigh uh, we've got a crowner in, exactly uh, 402 right right Running. i'm telling oh you that's gosh. the deal and I'm not, i know i had a lot of babies done a lot of births but that was yeah. the deal that was the metaphor for me i saw i so like so i mean guys really, start birthing orphanages in africa yeah and this that and a house church and a i don't care what so, it is so let's i don't care let's revisit that just for a moment <clears throat> so and what do you want to, i'm going to write it down as a note what do you want to revisit no i'm i'm leading into no, this okay. revisit. he's about right to do now. the revisitation gotcha mm-hmm. or let's just kind of hammer down on Proceed. this for a moment so you so you see the church the yep. body of christ yes in light of Ephesians two ten, right? Yes. Was that it? Meaning <clears throat> that that's a one that they have preordained works before the foundation right. of the earth. Yes. Right. For those he foreknew, he also Romans eight pre- twenty nine. Okay, that's Romans okay. 8, two different ones. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, anyways, but he has predestined us in Christ Jesus for good works. Yes. Before the foundation of the earth. Very good. Yes. Right. So then we're born. Right. Right. And we've got those good works in our. In our DNA, essentially. Yeah, I think when he made us, he was thinking that he saved us, and now we're aligned with our destiny. Right. And like David, it's Acts 13, 36. He served God's purpose in his generation. In his generation. It's so great. So you're looking around, and you're seeing people, Yep. and you have this conviction that God has put kingdom dream in their heart, or kingdom purpose in their heart. If they're a Christian, On yes. their life. Visions in right? them. They Jesus have, has a vision for their life. They have destiny, and that destiny is 100%. to be conformed into his likeness and to do the good works right. in him, for him, for his will. Right. Yes. Okay. So, so you feel highly convicted that you are to then somehow help that birth forth. Give language, articulation, biblical deal, permission, acceleration. And I mean, get them it's essentially it. like spiritual parenting. You're, you're, I mean, you're helping them. That's the that was the one of the verses. First Corinthians four fifteen sixteen. You have ten thousand guardians in Christ, but so few fathers. Right. Mm-hmm. And spiritual, I knew what we lacked in the body of Christ was not new ideas. We lacked parents. Right, Whoa. fathers and so mothers. you have all these people walking around as spiritual orphans. Yes, and and so that's that's a and big let me deal. Just, and what I'll say is this ten thousand guardian thing that's pre that that verse had been on me. I thought that meant guardian angels. It was so carnal from movies or something. I but I looked into it. And it meant tutors. It's that's the ah. Greek that's the Greek word. It was Roman tutors that after they captured the Jewish or whoever they captured, they would. They would enculturate and teach the children, Uh, but they weren't their parents. Gotcha. They weren't their parents. They would give them information. It was indoctrination. And principles. That's good. It was good at principles and information, but it wasn't the impartation of the DNA of a culture of a family. My hand is raised. (laughs) Yes. So I see that hand. Yes, Jason, go. (laughs) I see that hand. (laughs) I'd like to fill out the card. Um, What did Jesus do when he came? He heralded the kingdom, yes, right? Yes. And then he start, He began to disciple people into kingdom. Into kingdom. Into kingdom. Not into Christianity. Right. <laughs> but what was he doing? He was coming into a culture and then bringing in a yeah. new culture. By introducing them to Yahweh, who's now father. <clears throat> right. It's unbelievable. He's manifesting mm-hmm. sonship. Yeah. You know, this, this really gets into a conversation. Me and Laren have been having a lot of really good conversations lately, but we've been talking about um, my business and my photography business. And so one of the things that 
I've come to realize about myself is that I don't like being told what to do. And that's why I think I love being an entrepreneur because I just get, I'm my own boss. I get to build my dream. And, and, and we started having this conversation about how so many people are miserable on this earth because they are working for a corporation or they're doing something and they're building someone else's dream. They are a means to an end. And so, I mean, and, and I, I think about that. So many people never step into their kingdom purpose, right. their kingdom dream, because they're building yes. someone Somebody else's, else's. maybe, I'll, I'll even go this far, platform, you know, their thing that they're doing as far as the pastor, or they're helping this. When you said you're coming along alongside people, helping them launch these orphanages in Africa or these house churches or whatever it whatever. is. Whatever. Right. But I felt it was illegal and distracting to the fulfillment of Jesus's purpose in their life to get them in allegiance to my vision. Right. That's a little weird. Yeah, but but people look for it though, and you're funny that you had to tell people and go, no, no, I have nothing for you. Nothing. You can't join my I cause. You know, like, I know you're a great leader. I have nothing for you to do. You need yeah. to know that right now. <laughs> but God Jesus has, has something for you to do, and I'm going to help you figure. There that are out. no doors for you to hold. Yeah, there are no donuts oh, no, for no, you no, to no, hand no. out. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm working hard to not have. You've seen what I do. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> Meaning along, it's the. Yeah, I'm not trying to be the well, opposite of attractional, but I don't want anybody busy. Well, I know. I think I think what it is is you don't want to create an environment for anyone to just come and consume. Yes. Let me just come and consume these things when it's like, hey, you know, we, for all our lives, for most of our lives, people that have grown up in the church in the last 20, 30, 40 years has been just come and consume, just right. come and consume. Right. And, and there's so much more than just consuming. And it's more than just even doing the one, two, three, four, five steps that you know, the most popular steps that a church will throw out for you to do. If you do these things, if you serve, if you get in a group, if you tithe, if you go on this missions trip, like that's a whole nother Whoa. level, you know, like right. there, there's good intentioned, good willed. There's so much more. There is. I think there is. Right. And that's why I'm saying I want them to settle for second best. Yeah. And I think high vision around a high visionary is sometimes, if not most of the time, second best. Crazy. And so... That happened to me. I'm working it out. I do that, and this people keep coming. And I'm honestly, <laughs> I'm limping. My wife said, you limp for the rest of your life. It's like I wrestled with the Lord, right? and I'm limping and leading, and I'm like asking, am I compromising? Because people start driving from Wichita and driving from Emporia, and then we're in this place. And, and then anyway, he starts speaking to me seven years in. My dad dies in one of the orphanages we did. He goes to serve in this thing. Crazy deal. I do the most profound funeral of my <laughs> life. Gosh. Yeah, Oof. and and it was yeah five days in Ghana. You know he's supposed to be there three weeks. Five days in Ghana, down, gone. And I'm like, of all the things my dad gave me, five days in Ghana. That was my sermon. It was the greatest inheritance he gave me. Sell it out. He told me bury grandma if she if I don't make it back. She's still alive, ninety eight. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and he died. Yeah, whatever. Back in eleven, crazy deal. So I get away, go away, and then that's when the disciple nations. So I'm I'm in this process. I'm seven years in. I think again. He goes, stop storing up because hundreds of people were in this middle school in El Dorado, and it's starting to evolve into this thing. He's like, Isaiah 54. You gotta keep this principle of spreading out and decentralized, or it's gonna get unhealthy. And um, and it wasn't so we'd be big. I wasn't doing it because of that. I was doing it because life does that. You don't keep your kids home forever. <laughs> you got to keep. So um, we did that, and then the, start this thing, Disciple Nations, which I had no idea was it was by faith thing, a, a 501c3 like a YOM that it, people could do real non traditional ministry. Mm-hmm. And so that that's now seven years into that. Yeah, in that process, you're in the year of jubilee, brother. Okay. All right. That's well, fine. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> but it's been a wild it's process, and it is a longer journey that just yeah messed with my insides, and it was just the only thing I had going for me was like 
a bit of a tender conscience. I got, you know, I was all messed up and mixed in my, and trying to find my identity and fatherless. I'm an orphan that's become a father. And I mm, knew it was happening. Yeah. I felt like I was an orphan generation that was becoming a father generation. Yeah. And we'd be okay at it, but you guys will be better. Whoa. Mm. <laughs> that's what I think. That's it, going to make the next generation something else. Yeah. But right. it's going to take some courage to step out in these well, things. Well, you know, if you if you look at it from that, you know, perspective, you know, you got orphans that are having to become fathers when they haven't had those spiritual fathers. That's and right. so you're right. The next generation will be stronger because they have been fathered. They right, were yeah. not hopefully not orphans, you know, they, they had that father perspective where you got kids trying to ride a bike that don't right. know how to ride a bike that are teaching others how to ride a bike. So, yeah. I mean, by yeah. pure... I think this is how you get on it. <laughs> I think this is how you do it, right? No, 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 not that way. <laughs> not that way. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that evolved a little bit into it. I know I've moved into your alternative things a little bit. Yeah, so, but, so talk yeah. to me about that then because so, <clears throat> so your journey has led you... Mm-hmm into a more of a yeah this father equipping yes. kind of situation decentralized decentralized right. equip them equip them yeah. so you still i mean you're still functioning where you have people coming in yep. so talk talk a little bit about what you're doing right now with okay. Saturday night equip yes and so here's the thing okay it looks similar yes <laughs> in a st- in in wine skin it looks similar yep That's you show right. up there's We've got some worship. worship we're doing worship slash prayer right Missions reports, right? There's a sermon, an equipping an word, equi- right? An equipping word, and then word. a lab time gets a little different. I love it, but so, so yeah, yeah, so it's seeming right the same, but it's different. Tell us why. It's different at the DNA level. It's different. Uh, like there's a, so there's I say when some guys were asking me how is this working, how are you making this work, and I'm like, well, uh, there's a couple things we're doing and not doing, but one of the biggest things we're doing is we're working hard not to build indigenous allegiance to ourselves. We're not building indigenous allegiance to ourselves. I don't think it makes right. even, it even translates. Yep. That's kind of a big deal. Yeah. We're not trying to do the hook. I'm not trying to make the hook, you know? And I'm not anti somebody doing the hook. I can't do it conscience wise. Right. And so I'm saying come in, equip, equip, equip. So now that's why we Saturday night stumbled into Saturday night because Joel Potter in yeah. Jesus Life wouldn't mm-hmm. share Sunday morning with me. <laughs> <laughs> I was sharing Sunday mornings with people. I go, yeah. God was obviously connecting us over Jesus Life. And I'm like, yeah. so can we do this? He goes, No, my team's gonna rehearse. You can do Saturday night. I go, No. <laughs> so I went to my guys. Yeah. And they go, Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Let's do that. Uh-huh. So I do it reluctantly stumble in to a greater place for my call because Sunday morning people now and leaders and staffs come to Saturday night. They can come to Saturday night, get served and then go do their thing where they do it. So, and then, yeah. And then they're surrounded by spiritual family and peers, right? Brothers and sisters in Christ who are maybe in the same walk or serving in same ministry capacities, that right. kind of thing. Right. And Running I, little churches but or I house wouldn't churches, call that, that kind of stuff. Church. Sure. I, I ardently <clears throat> don't call that church just because of my Bible. Yeah. Um, I think the church is gathered there, but it's an equipping time for the church. And then uh, we are, we love house churches. So we got house churches in Plainview and all over the city and in various places. And even some are like El Dorado's first Sunday of the month. It's all house churches. And not because I'm into house churches, I'm into the context of the believer's being living stone to living stone in the spirit together. I don't care if it's under a tree. Right. So go ahead, Chris. What were you going to say? I was just going to have you maybe describe to us some of the different expressions that that you see gathering. So, I mean, you've got missionaries who are going 
all over the country. I know right. you can't disclose some right. of those places, right. but um, you've got uh, people in Plainview who are in a context of a poor Very, yeah. neighborhood, inner city poor. Inner city poor. Yeah. Where, what um, city is that in? The, Plain here, Plainview. Oh, Plain, it's in Plainview. It's at Pawnee. It's a real poor part of our city. Really? It looks like a third world country. I did not know that. We've got 50 docks or more living in there. That's in where Andy houses. was talking about starting his deal. No, he was talking about Oaklawn. Oaklawn. Which is like it. So Oaklawn, Hilltop, and Plainview were all built by FDR during World War II. Oh, is that where to, they were going to make planes? A, gotcha. So it's that, and they were supposed to last for about 10, 20 years, these houses. Right. They're on blocks. Yeah. And they're like deteriorating. Yeah, they're 80 years in. It's right. slumlord kind of situation. Yeah. So, you know, okay. Drugs and gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah, we've got some people living in there. I mean, we got docs <sighs> that are not just going to doing clinic. They're living among them and walking, praying, doing house churches. So uh, we got we've seen that. You mean in the city or just everywhere? Just in general. I mean, yeah, just I mean, in it's yeah. all over the place. Right. To restaurants, coffee shops, people meeting at all kinds of different times and places. Right. If there's an intentionality, we're not even really um, big into calling those churches. Um, they're gatherings. They're, they are the church, but they're more the expression of the church being the church. If that makes sense. So so describe what that looks like because I feel like. You know, that's kind of what our context is like, mm. you know, within Living Water. But for, for someone who all they've ever known, one yeah. of our listeners, all they've ever known is, hey, I wake up and my family, we attend a service um, on Sunday mornings. We go have lunch afterwards right. with a couple friends. And then, you know, once uh, every a couple times a month, we go to a group and have a Bible study. For the for the people that have only known that, that uh-huh. what do these other things look like Okay, when you say expression? Like, so I think I'm just— And feel like as yeah. well. Let me biblically start there and then break out and then ask me again, okay? So Perfect. Ephesians 4, 11, 12 would be equipping, equip the saints for the work of ministry. We, I think that's what Peter and Paul did when they came to town. They'd have people come. So we think an equipping ministry looks a lot like a platform and an audience. Does that make sense? Gotcha. It looks more like that. The church is 1 Corinthians 14, 14 26. When you come together, everyone has a word of instruction, blah, 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 those things it mentions. It's a circle. It's a circle where everybody's operating together. So all these meetings, what they have in common is that they have spirit-led, all-hands-on-deck participation. So they're participatory. There's this underlying participatory tone. Right. Right. So this is not an argument I'm having, but I'm having fun with some of my guys in the city, guy with the big church out west. I said... You're doing what I'm doing. I'm just the one calling it the right thing. <laughs> you're calling what you're doing church. You're equipping the saints. Right. Then they're going to be in the church. And I just would like us right. to get our language together. You, when I, you know, when, I've done, when I did word study on fellowship in Acts 2, it talks about fellowship. Yeah. Um, that word broken down actually means participatory contribution. Hmm. It's really interesting, isn't it? Yeah, that is. True fellowship. And it is everybody going, but I'll say this, that it's nothing. It's not the church and it's not a church meeting if the Holy Spirit is not leading it in present. Mm -hmm. So because of that, what I'm telling you is that sometimes they've got Bible study. Sometimes they're more prayer focused. Sometimes they're they're breaking bread and they're, I don't care. Right. Really, there's no secret sauce. There's no silver bolt for me. Right. A church meeting means we walked in sonship together and presence was there and we moved in the spirit and edified one another. So are you familiar with nine marks? Mm-mm. You're not? <clears throat> so there's a series of books um, and it's called The Nine Marks of a Healthy Church. Oh. And You'll love these. Nice. Are you familiar <laughs> with Mark Deaver? Or Mark Dever. Uh, yes, a little bit. Not, right. not very much. Gospel so he, he has a book called Nine Marks of a Healthy Church. Okay. And so he actually 
present a quote-unquote biblical case for what does and doesn't constitute right church. So I just wondered if, based on what you're saying, if you had ever contrasted that or compared and contrasted that to the nine marks thing. Oh, no. Because I've I've flipped through it before, and I'm just like, nah, okay, but not really. So anyways, I I was trying to stir the pot a little bit. (laughs) Sorry, I'm about to get the bait. Pot stir deterred. Denied. (laughs) Get that spoon out of here. Get that ladle out of my face. Well, I'm, uh, and I don't know if it's because I'm just non-traditional. I hope it's more than that, because to me that can be just as much death as, you know, just like I thought non-denominational was the cool, you know, it's just whatever. Or non-denom, yeah. So, so so maybe hammer down on this. I think you've, I I think you've kind of talked about a little bit, but talk about the sense of freedom that you have now. Yes. Just as a son, right? Your identity in Christ knowing your role, seeing like, hey, I need to be a father, I need to be a quipper, I need to be doing these things. Talk about maybe looking back at those 20, 30 years and then where you're at now and just kind of make some statements. Well, I think some of it's maturity and growing, but I thought I used people more than I served people back then. Oh, and this is a conversation that we've had, man, Mm -hmm. is that in church planting and even in pastoring in general, Unfortunately, the non-reusable resource of the machine is people. Yes, and people get used and spit out. They get sucked dry of their yes. of their gifts Sometimes. or their purpose. Yeah. it's probably happens more often than not. It happens, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I I think I see people different. Um, I think I'm much more free because I'm not encumbered with some kind of weird thought about building something I never was supposed to do, which got to, I could only do in the flesh. I couldn't do by the spirit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's set me free from Babylonian practices. Uh, I'm not building something for our name, you know, building mm-hmm. a tower with some kind of reach, you know, the metaphor. And sure. um, that's wearisome. <clears throat> I'm trying to get all the bricks right. You know what I mean? It's just, I'm not having to do it. And I don't have having, to make it fit. And having to vote on the color of the bricks. Right. I don't have to make it fit. And then having doing a campaign to raise money for the bricks. Yeah, right. Right. And and so and I'm We're not talking need, about bricks. I we? need to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> bricks is a metaphor. <laughs> and I want to be a little careful because I spent some jaded days. It's a strange thing because I'm I'm a unity guy in the city. And you I'm are. for the church. Absolutely. I'm for the bride. I does not mean it's an endorsement of everything she does. L- let's talk about that because I think that that's Oh, that's hold on, r- say that again. Uh-oh. Just real quick, let him make that statement again. I'm what? for the bride. It doesn't necessarily mean... I'm endorsing everything she does. I think it's possible to do both. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Because I can abandon her by what she does, and I've forsaken her. I've done that. And she's just, it's just a bunch of junk, you know? And I'm like, no, she's actually sincere. I don't agree with all of it, but I love her. I love her heart. So prayer movements and things like that are to draw her into presence. Right. So that we, he does what he needs to do. So, so my question was going to be, how do you, how do you walk that line? You know, because I, as, as far as, yep. as loving her regardless, you know, like mm-hmm. you loving her, maybe not endorsing what she does because anytime you take a step out, even with this podcast, you know, we talk about things <clears throat> we, and, and it's not to sometimes, I mean, we've had our salty days where man, our heart's not been in the right place and it's been full of anger yep. and, and our filter's not been a good one, but yep. I, I feel like God's use that and kind of taken us through season, especially me, of coming out on the other side of that and going like going back to the right and wrong that we talked about yeah, earlier. It's yeah. real easy for me to think that this way is right. the right way and all so yeah. how do you walk that line? Because 
you can by in word and even in action love them but in other actions it's like but we're not doing what you're doing so some people may interpret that as like well if you're not holding a sunday gathering then you're against us and what we're doing because you're doing something different so how do you tell that line yeah i don't i don't know i think i think that's a great question, and it's actually could be. You, I thought you were going to come from the angle of holding me accountable. Are you compromising on what you believe? But, no, no, no. Okay, but because that's fair. But um, <laughs> it really is, and I'm good with it. And I need it. But um, I think, and I don't mean to give a trite answer. This is really true. A high supremacy of Jesus focus, high, high, high supremacy of Jesus, begins to level everything and bring a commonality. Uh, Holy Spirit, Bible, Bible language. I'm talking right. Bible with these guys. Right. And so in it, when I get focused and I say, I want our dialogue to be here. I don't, I don't know what you're spending on thousands of dollars for that and attraction. Da, da, da. You know, I, I think you're sincere. But yeah, for me, I walk the line by keeping the conversation around the plumb line of the supremacy of Christ. Right. And so, so you, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's all about like, we're going to focus in this area. There's these other areas that we're not, we're not going to agree on these, you know, the pamphlets, the trifolds, the donuts, the light, you know, this and this stuff. We're not even going to touch that. We're going to live right And here. I mostly don't touch it. I'll write a Facebook post. I'll like, turn the lights on during worship. Anyway, but, um, and I, and then I have to come back and one of my friends will rebuke me. But, um, but I, I want to be careful not going after that. I want to bring them to. Yeah. And then if what? we get in there, then I think he starts to express his lordship. You're like, why do people keep reporting my posts? I know. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. That's... Sam got kicked off of Facebook again. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Oh, I've had really good friends. I, I ought to name Dennis Turner. I'll just say, oh, outing Christchurch. Just yeah. sent me like, you're being snarky on Facebook, dude. Yeah. Which is actually oh. a sign of revival to me. He like, right. he cared for me and yeah. he cared for my place and I was like oh you're that's good you're really hacking me off right now and I yeah, disagree with you right but you love me that's really good that's anyway good. yeah so but yeah. but I know I you know I got to not use weapons of the flesh but weapons of the spirit right to love and serve and so a heart yeah uh, I think the primary apostolic prophetic message is Jesus <laughs> mm-hmm. and I think actually that seems so obvious and it's lost so mm-hmm. all around the state when I'm doing prayer movement it's well, Jesus so there's that scripture where Christ he's or Christ excuse me Paul he says I I um, decided yes. to know nothing among you except yeah. Christ and Him crucified, and you know that, that I'm I can't remember the context of that scripture at the moment, but it it just spoke to me one day, and I'm like, you know, we we have decided, and a lot of people have decided to know Christ and other things among others. The and right? is the problem, and that's the problem, the right? Problem is like, the and. oh, you love Jesus, that's great. Well, how do you practice, or yeah. how do you? What's your expression? Yeah. Or, you know, and and then we find the place to divide. Yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And they were having division there, and actually, the context was First Corinthians one coming out. That was the wisdom of the world, mm. and the superior and the language, and we're going to do it with flowery and eloquence. And he's like, I'm denying all that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with this radically. Put the person out front, not the process. We're so focused on process, fixing the process, getting the right process. And I'm like, we're losing the person. This is a manifestation of the proclamation of a person, a living person. So I don't know if you heard um, Jeremiah drop this quote last episode, but he said, we were trying to build the organization. We were losing our church. Did you hear that? Yeah, that's good. Holy that's moly. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's just, right. We we start to get focused on other things, and then we, we lose what it's really about, right? Yeah. I have a question. 
So, Sam, I, I feel like, every, I mean, there's not a pastor that I don't know that <clears throat> that I've met, and somehow, you know, someone's brought up something about the prayer movement, or you, I feel like your name comes up in a lot of circles, So, and not in a bad way. Do I have a time for rebuttal? <laughs> not, <laughs> not in a bad way, okay. in the sense that it's just, sure. I know this guy, I and like this guy, show, folks. Love, love what he's doing, so I know you meet with a lot of pastors, yeah. you have a lot of coffee, yeah. what is your goal, yes. you know, oh, when you oh, go oh, into oh, these oh. meetings, like, what are you hoping, because, you know, you're you're not going to change their their mindset. And I know you know that going into, at least in that first meeting. So what is your hope when you go out and you meet a new pastor, maybe a brand new church plan or anybody, like someone that you don't know that is obviously does not have the same mentality that you do, or maybe has accepted that revelation yet or, or you know, whatever verbiage you want to use. Yep. I'm trying to, my hope is um, that I will find an agreement in the spirit around the person of Jesus. Then when we have that foundation, we'll begin to have a, challenging dialogue about how we're walking out the ministry for him. And so, and I've got a bias that I think the identity of the church is a house of prayer, that it's a house of dialogue. And I think we've got a lot of king ministry monologue going on. We've read the instructions mm. and we're doing a monologue and we're not relating with him. We're a house of planning, not a house of prayer. House Interesting. Of a lot of other things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I think in that we've, we, so I did this still when Jesus tears through the temple, pretty important passage to me, uh, right. Matthew 21, 13, 12, 13, 14, but he tears through. And I'm like, I, I was just making the point and an equipping night. It's like the main problem wasn't that they had turned it into a consumer place, consumerism and a marketplace. The mm. main problem was they forsake their, they forsook their identity as a house of prayer. The wow. market consumer culture is what manifest Bingo. When we forsake our right, we're always Oof. messing with the fruit, and we got to get to the root. The root is that we've lost him. We've lost dialogue, leadership. We need the leadership of Jesus, the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And that sounds so basic, but we need fathers and mothers that would teach that again because we got a 17 manuals on how to do it without that. Gosh. Just, do you I, want to just I preach agree. that sermon? Should real I quick? just, yeah, just start we, from the should beginning? I be more clear on? Am I losing all faith? No, no. I'm, I mean, my mind is being blown. That's I think, what it is. I think it's. I think it's. I don't mean this in arrogance, right. brothers. No, I no, feel no, the no. fear of the Lord in this. So when I'm meeting with guys, I'm hoping to promote a culture of dialogue. I want to serve them as my brother who I love, and I want to stimulate more, if you will, a culture of prayer in their life, engagement with the Lord. Not. I don't mean that like they're not. I don't mean it like. They'll, they'll do what I do. I'm like, don't do what I do. I want them to do what they're called to do, but I want them to engage with the Lord. Yeah. And I want them to, yeah. Well, I mean, the bin nowadays, I mean, if you're going to, I mean, you're right. There's 17 manuals and that's like, you can, you can find a way to start, plant, launch a church. I mean, and there's 50 different ways to do it. And, and none if you get the right guy with the right skills, that's not even enough. That hits the right sociological moment, right? And culture, you need all those kind of firing. It right. can it can work, yeah. But most time it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it's true. During this series, I mean, this isn't technically a part of our church planning series, but I mean, we've talked a lot. I think Jeremiah threw out some stuff um, where he talked about you know X amount of churches being shut down, and you know I know we've talked about churches that start up in Wichita and then they close down yeah, and yep. they, it's just not what they think it was going to be. And, and you know, for us at Living Water, it, it wasn't what we thought it was going to be. We thought we had all of those pieces that were in play and it, it, it wasn't what we thought. We thought it was going to take off. We thought it was going to blow up. We thought, and, and it didn't. 
And yeah. that's probably a good thing. No, I'll say it was a good thing. Good. It, it, and, <laughs> it, it is. It, because, you know, now we're left with a handful of people that our hearts have, we've been going on this journey with Jesus and he's redoing our, like there's these these deep mindsets that are being changed and being renewed and, and, and it takes time. And I, I think one of the questions that you've been asking guys to is, hey, what would it take for you to close the doors? Right. What would it take for yeah. you to close the doors on a church? Because, you know, that's that's something that's happened in our city and that happens all around the world. And sometimes it's, I think it's, it's just because you, you focus on the wrong things. You know, it, it, it comes down to measure of success. How do you measure success? It, for, for a lot of pastors, is it, if we're hitting these metrics, then we're successful, then we can keep the doors open, then we can keep, you know, this mission going, this thing alive, right. this call that God has called us on when, you know, people throw that word around a lot, yeah. but well, if, I mean, that if whole the, deal. If the money's coming in, you keep paying the, the staff and keep paying the rent, and then you just hope that it grows and that the money keeps coming. Yeah, and I, I just, <clears throat> I think it's dangerous for the guys. I love the shepherds, and I think it's dangerous the way that it's set up, because I know it in my own heart, I've just been dealing with it again, you yeah. know, about... I think the purity of what a shepherd does is they have loyalty, like a John the Baptist. We want to build loyalty to Jesus, radical loyalty to Jesus, but it's not purely that. Mm -hmm. It's loyalty to him and me. Well, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, and I think you've maybe admitted the same thing before. and you've never. No. (laughs) You've you've admitted it, right? Like, you know, I, I want, I mean, I was super prideful when we started our church up north yeah. because i mean we were over 100 pretty quick and it's just mm-hmm. like well what are other churches over 100 yeah. and you know i had that you competitive begin measuring mindset yourself and- yeah well then it's like you know we i would i would pray things like we'll be the first mega church in the hood and just that kind of stuff and just like you know glory like oh hey right. look at us like right. we can you can make that statement about me and you know i wanted to be somebody who was renowned and you know, like, oh, look what I did, look what we did kind of thing, yeah. you know, and yeah. it, it was there. It's real. It's yeah. real. It is. Yeah, right. It is. And, and you know, I think some of that is wrapped up in, in the significance of, you know, as if you're talking about people's souls and eternal, you know, yeah. residency, <laughs> this space or that space, then it's hard to not put that at the top of the list of the most important thing that you can do with your life. Yes. And, and, and because of that, right. I think the goodness in the seemingly insignificant has been neglected because guess where Jesus spent his time in the insignificant places with those who were seemingly insignificant. And, and, but, but, you know, it nowadays to be like, Hey Jesus, you really got to be at the temple. Cause if you're not at the temple, you know, and Jesus wasn't at the temple, you know, he was doing in everyday life and he did spend time at the temple, but it wasn't 24 seven, you know? And so I think this, this shifting of mindsets, um, alternative churches, even alternative purpose, because for some reason we've said that the ultimate purpose is when you aspire to answer the call. Um, and there's so much more to that because the call may not be a a pastoral call. God has all sorts of types of calls for all sorts of types of people. Within the traditional church model, we've glorified the, the church planner and the pastor or the staff member, right? Like that's, you know, oh, if you really truly want to sell out, you know, that was my platform when I moved here. And I had to ask myself the question at one point in time, but I, all I did was tell my story. Mm. 
And it was just like, and I was there. And then, you know, I told God I'd do whatever and go wherever. And the next week I got a phone call and, you know, here I am and I'm planting this church. Like that was the call, you know, God, I'll do whatever with my life where you're going to plant this church. I picked up all my stuff. I loaded up my car. I sold my camera and all my stuff. And I came here and here I am. Right. Like, and, and I was making it seem like that's what you had to do. Essentially. Like I leaned on that story a lot. Like, you know, I sold out. So can you, but you know, sorry, there's not another church planner position open with us. You know, like right. I, I, I don't, I don't know what to tell you guys what to do. You know, like that—that's this grandiose thing for me, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that way for everybody, right? So, um, I have a couple things I I would like for you to do, Sam. One, would you feel comfortable completing this sentence? Uh oh. We don't need more churches. We need more blank. Wow, disciples. Can you say that? Can I say disciples? Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if you can even. Yeah, do you want to make that statement? We don't need more churches. We need more disciples. We don't need more churches. We need more. Um, and you don't have to make the the platitude either. Just yeah. you wondered if you had a way to it's finish that. Angle to yeah, the angle you're saying that is interesting because I, I think the church is Plan A, no Plan B. So I I think we need an increase of the church. Okay, but churches, it's the church. I think of it as a people. I need we need more. Do we need you, more? You, you do we almost, need more Sunday morning? Church no, services? you almost have to no. come at it from the understanding. You can't come at it from your understanding. You have to come at it from the widely understood definition of the church. Okay. So it, if I you can know re- go go from that heart, yeah, if you can re put it there, that's where that statement is coming from. Do yeah. we need more brand new Sunday morning church gatherings? Um. No. <laughs> Why not? We. And if I'm getting you in trouble here, you, you can, are. Am I? You're no, not totally. Okay, I'm checking it as I go. But, um, and it, that's a hard statement to make because I'm I'm drawing a line. I shouldn't draw a line mm-hmm. because there are going to be people who feel called to start Sunday. Morning oh yeah, gatherings. and I'm not a yeah, I'm not against that. Right, especially if they got a leading the Holy Spirit. Okay, so here let me ask you this question. Then. Okay, so based on your involvement in the city of Wichita, yeah, the way that you've um, networked. You've been around pastors, you've been around ministries, you've seen the city and its need, kind of its the spiritual climate. Mm-hmm. What do you think Wichita is needing? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <clears throat> That's just a light question. Is that a better? Yeah, it's okay, great. Good. No, it's he just, just did this. Intense. Yeah. <laughs> lob just it. Swing at it. <laughs> just, Let me very eloquently lob this softball. He was throwing fastballs gently, and then he just... Whoop. Gently into the air. Yeah. It was curveballs. Let me just lob one in for you. Well, I think that one thing I would say before I get into it maybe is uh, uh, the prayer movement is known for praying for the revival of the church and the redemption of the city. I just want to say that by revival, I mean a return to biblical Christianity. So an awakening to normalcy. I don't think nor- – so here, here's my issue, and this may be the biggest judgmental statement I've said. I think Luke- Yeah, let's camp out here, whatever it is. Luke- <laughs> you like the judgmental stuff, don't you? We'll talk about that later. Lukewarm is the normal. Somebody hot, burning, whatever, filled, is the anomaly. We're all like, wow, he's on fire. Uh, and I wonder when that will go down. Lukewarm is normal. Luke Norm. Luke Norm. Luke Normal. Luke Norm is normal. <laughs> And I don't mean that judgment. It's just I think I've never had a guy really tell me different. Anyway, so I think that's going to – what needs to shift is that culture, that that state of heart. 
So it's a hard issue. We don't need more strategy structures or, or, or speakers. We, we need a genuine humility, repentance-filled, Holy Spirit-alive movement. And I don't mean certain manifestations. I mean the right. person of the Holy Spirit who is the reward of the gospel being the Lord of the church in our hearts. And so um, what do we need? We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit for a revolution back to normalcy, biblical normalcy. And in that, I'm not saying everything's abnormal. I'm not even talking about processes right now. Yeah. How many songs you sing if you do it with an organ or a band? I don't care. Do before the service, after the service. Under a tree, in a house, but at a building. Like to download our PDF on how. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. No, but I think it's really cool, important that I say that. I'm talking, <clears throat> we need heart transformation. You're, you're, moving, you're moving from the institutional level to the, to the individual. person, the individual level. We yes. need a grassroots radical okay. move at the heart. Okay, so. With that being said, I mean that statement alone. You go, yes, yes, but but don't I have the holy? So so good. Why doesn't it not happening? Yes. Oh, <laughs> you're asking big <laughs> questions. You know, in in the next two minutes, go ahead and explain that. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Oh my gosh, it is possible. According to my Bible, Ephesians one thirteen, having believed, I was sealed with the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians six seventeen, I became one in spirit with him. I believe that I've got the Spirit. Every every believer's got the Spirit. Right. But it's possible, Ephesians 5.18, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled. being filled. Right, be being. <laughs> Meaning, you can be a believer who's sealed. I got a box. You're a box with the presence in you, but you are not being regularly filled. And because of that, I'm saying it's possible. So let me do another one. Can I, without, am I getting too No, teachy? I'm into this. No, no, Ephesians, go for it. Yes, do it. The apostolic prayers are a glorious gift to us. That Paul tells us not only what we're to believe and is, is laying out those things, but he is showing us his prayer life. And when he shows us his prayer life, let me make this distinction, um, when, when he writes, you're seated in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 2, 6, he would never pray for that for a believer. <laughs> Why would you pray for that? Because it's done. you're already there. Yeah. yeah, right. You believe it. Facts that are written, you believe. Listen, prayers he's praying are things up for contention. The Apostle Paul knows even in a finished work, sealed in Christ, these things are possible ah, for you not to have. Gotcha. So he prays Ephesians 1.17. I pray y'all to all have a spirit of wisdom and revelation into the knowledge of him, meaning a believer could walk without a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Heart level happening. It's so true. You can be sealed, seated <laughs> oh. in Christ and not be walking with a vibrant spirit of wisdom and revelation. Here's another one. Eek. Ephesians 3.16, I pray that he would uh, strengthen you in your inner man with power uh, by the Holy Spirit so Christ would dwell in your heart by faith. And I know that I've, I've actually listened to messages where you've talked about inner man, you know, all that kind of stuff, and it, it's, it's good stuff. And it's life-transforming. It's life Well, it makes the distinction how both can be possible. We right. just taught some Chinese in India. We had an international train center. Taught them, they went, what? Oh, that's how he never leaves me, but I'm not having him. <laughs> he's in my spirit, man, but he's not experiencing my soul. So, But back to this prayer is it's possible, I think, for a believer to walk around without Christ dwelling in their heart by faith. Now, that's controversial Yikes. because of what he prayed. I pray you'd be strengthened with power by the Holy Spirit in your inner man so Christ would dwell in your heart by faith. Meaning, right. if it doesn't happen and you're in weakness in your inner man, he's not dwelling there, meaning the abiding life. Not yeah. you're not saved and he's not there, but Paul knows, I've seen believers do this. Well, but you yeah. know, unfortunately, we focus, and I say we is a generic term for the overall, not we, but the overall. It, there's so much focus on that that salvation as the finish line. 
And it's like, you get to this point and it's like, okay, good. Bam, they're saved. Like, go get more. Now go tell your friends. And it's like, but wait a minute. They've, that, they, they're not experiencing. They're not, they haven't, you know, actually have that inner man kind of woken up oh, in the soul and all that transformation, all that stuff hasn't God is taken the reward of his own gospel. God himself is right. the reward of his own gospel. Right. Not a place. Right. right. The place is there because God's there. <laughs> and this, that's important. Right. For sure. That he's the prize, he's the reward, and I'm experiencing him. And where's our fathers and mothers that will train people how to know the Holy Spirit? Mm. <laughs> Not how to speak in tongues. Not a problem. Those things are the easy things. I always tell everybody, I'm teaching on gifts. I'm going to, I'm going to a Heston Mennonite church preaching on the Holy Spirit this Sunday morning. That's, revo- you know, something's going on. Yeah. Crazy guy <laughs> like me is in there. I'm teaching on the gifts on yeah. Monday night in that place. Uh-huh. And and I want to talk, though, first before the gifts, I want to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Because right. we're so distracted. Okay, well, what does that mean? How do you talk? Blah, blah, blah. Then we get into process again. I'm like, I don't want to talk about the organic man. I want to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit. So anyway. I think the knowledge of God is what we're lacking. This is back mm-hmm. to your original deal. Mm-hmm. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, and I don't mean in a Pentecostal charismatic way. I mean it in a Bible way. Right. And um, that's what I'm going for. I'm going so for good. that. I'm yeah. going Changing for that. Changing the new normal. Yeah. So, yeah. And it'll start breaking processes off. When you're more filled with the Spirit, you go, oh, I can't do that. I can do this. Is mm-hmm. what I'm trusting when he's the Lord. So the Lord led me in some study one time to that word gnosko. I was literally oh, thinking yeah. of that yeah, when you just yeah. that, so when you said that yep. statement, that's the exact word that, that came That actually mind. saw you had a sermon on that yes. one day, yes. the gnosko sermon. Yeah. And I think that's profound mm-hmm. because there's multiple words for no in yes. the Greek. Mm-hmm. It's an experiential it's the same first word for hand account. Hand account. Joseph did not no. gnosko marry. Right. Well, we know what that means. Yes. And he's talking about that with us with and, the Lord. And Adam knew his wife. Yes. But yeah, and the definition is first hand account and it's experiential knowing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think there's a, I mean, I've said this multiple times. I think a lot of people know about God and don't actually know God. Yeah. I was coming up with some sort of, um, oh, what's the word? Example, I suppose, the other day, because we... About a year ago, our family went to Hawaii, mm-hmm. and um, I'd never, obviously it was my first time to Hawaii, um, but I only knew about Hawaii, the things that I'd read or seen online, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. And I started thinking about this. Me, it, I may be a little controversial here, me handing you a Bible and saying, no, Jesus, is me like is like me sending you the website to hawaii.com and then mm-hmm. saying, no, Hawaii. Yeah. Because until you step foot yep. onto the island, toes in the sand, water hitting your ankles, breathing in the, the fresh air, mm. right? Like, I mean, until you're there enveloped in the presence of the literal Hawaii, you don't know Hawaii. And yeah. I think we've just gotten a little crazy by saying, here's a book, go know him. Or sit there and listen to me tell you about him. And that you know, this is some of the language we use in our spiritual family mm-hmm. around. But as we 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 are, have a high value for presence based living and mission, presence based, right. not principle based. Right. I'm pro principles. I'm a Bible guy. Sure. <laughs> but the principles lead to the presence. Right. Well, yeah. the presence is the deal. What I was going to say, the facts about Hawaii on Hawaii.com are absolutely true. Yeah. The pictures are legitimate. They're wonderful to look at. Right. Right. All of those things are great, but and I'm you not, can learn a lot, and you can even have a roadmap right. of where am I going to go, what I'm going to do, but right. until you actually experience it, right? Yes, yes. That's why, I, that's why I love the, the book of Acts. you got a bunch of unconferenced, <laughs> unconferenced, unmanualed people ripping the world apart because they've got the experience with the Holy Spirit. So, so does the typical Sunday morning service 
based gathering of Christians, yes. does that lend itself to preventing this from happening? It doesn't have to, but it is a major opportunity for a counterfeit for it. Gotcha. So I'll say to people <laughs> that I think the worst temptation on a planet uh, on the planet against knowing Christ is not the pornography and the and the drugs and the and the bars and the strip. It's it's the option to be in a system where I can say that I'm a Christian without knowing the Christ. Oh gosh. That's the most <clears throat> dangerous thing on planet Earth. It's right the there. counterfeit. Yeah. Yeah. I can be a Christian without knowing the Christ. Yeah. And it's something else. Other one, we're pretty clear. This is not Christ. Right. Right. <laughs> this is dark. This one, I think so the counterfeit dynamic of what you're talking about, that's yes. That's the diabolical problem. So you said it it can, but it doesn't have to. What needs to shift to to so that it doesn't have to? Well, I think, I believe still that God can move anywhere mm-hmm. in a barn under a tree and in a church service. And I put them in that order. Right. So, <laughs> and and I because I've been in them, I do church services. We're, but I think you can do presence in multiple, church services. Multiple pastors this Sunday morning are now going to announce the dissolving of their church yes, and the starting of Barn and Tree right, Church. We're going to Barn. Right. Barnchurch.com, treechurch.com. Barn yeah. We're already Tree Church, the source Wichita. We no get, we incense, took that one. but manure is now the. That's there you funny. go. Uh, yeah, but I think that it, I think right leadership. Um, spiritual can engage people in a room in the presence of God. And that's what that is. And so I think you can actually, I think the way we teach, the way we use the word could lead people to presence or lead them to pondering principles. Right. So I think it has to do, and we've talked about, we actually talked about this just this past Sunday um, in Jude. So Jude, um, very last couple of sentences gives kind of that, um, that prayer or I can't remember what's called. Um, oh, what is that phrase? The doxology? Yes. Right? Yeah, so he says, right. now to him yep. be all power and glory and authority mm-hmm. and honor, whatever whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are these four things that he lists. But essentially what Jude is doing is he's pointing, right? That last phrase points. Mm. And he says, now to him. So he says, okay, I talked about all this stuff, and now we just need to direct your gaze into the proper place. That's good. And so he says, now to. And so it talks about power, glory, honor, authority. And uh, essentially, I, I looked at that scripture and I said, we can use that and ask ourselves the question, where have I given power? Where have mm-hmm. I given authority? Where have I given glory? That's where good. have I placed honor? And That's not, not only not information, him. maybe right. even by <clears throat> modeling. So I don't know if you've ever been on a Saturday night when I pitched the sermon. Have you ever been... That's yes. kind of one of my... So right. you have. Yes. And yeah. what that's about, <laughs> I prepared. I got the slides back there. Right. But I'm I'm not... Yeah, my main mission is not to preach that sermon. Mm-hmm. My main mission as a son is to be in the presence of the Father. And so oh. I start teeing wow. the thing up. Whoa. And there's no wind. There's no... I don't mean wind experience. There's no sense of life. There's yeah. no sense of, and I can hear it in my head and I'm going through and it's information. I got to be done. I be used done. to would plow through that in my twenties and thirties. Yeah. And now I'm done. You're just I'm like, not doing information. I'm not doing information. Yeah. Dissemination. I want an impartation right. of presence. Uh, and, and what so, I was getting uh, at was, yeah. what I was getting at was this whole arrow 
scenario where like it should always be mm-hmm. the pointing towards. And so when you're, when you're talking about presence-based over yeah. um, principle-based, principle based, yeah. a lot of times we like to teach biblical principles yep. which have value, Big scriptures time. useful for. It. Perfect, yes. Right? Yes. It's useful for, but yes. then Jesus says... Man's going to get life from Rama word from the yes. Father, and so it's a it's I think it's a shifting of the gaze if we can do that right. And you're in the mentality that you can say, "Hey, I thought I had something. I actually don't." Right. Let's see what the Spirit wants. Yes. And not everybody's equipped or free to be able to function that way. And I think this is there's a nuance there between even in music and how we use music and how we do. You know, I just think it you you diligently said the scriptures because you think in them's eternal life, but right. they testify about me and me. you will come to me. Come to so I'm like, I, teachers should usher people to Jesus <coughs> and to presence of the spirit. And so should right. worship leaders. Right. I'm yeah. like, I'm telling worship leaders, I need you guys to be strong leaders and not be seen. Good luck. You know, I just, I just want that. Yeah. Gosh, Chris, you're mulling stuff. Over. Yeah, no, I mean, I was just thinking of, of, going doing this idea of of what you do just thinking about what that is i mean because you know i think that there, and i've been there because i've done it but i mean and maybe you have too you know you're trying to crank out that message all week and oh god you know what's this gonna look like and this mm-hmm. message you spend in your saturday night and like oh you're all stressed about this and it's like you're in this yeah. series and you got to make a tie this way and blah blah yeah. blah like and we've lived in that world and and felt that and felt the burden of that and right. that, that man that it's that type of burden that yoke isn't from Jesus right like that that type of deal and so just <laughs> just thinking of the freedom that comes from like you know what like I, I got this thing here and, and even the analogy of teeing it up and yeah but you, the goal not being to do that to just letting Jesus do whatever he's gonna do and and I think that there's a fear that comes with that from a leadership perspective of course because it's it, you you go. There's the unknown. You let go of control. I mean, it's like you're driving down the road and you let control on the wheel and you better hope your tires are balanced and that you stay in your lane because if not, I mean, that and then what is everyone else going to think? And there's this new family here today and oh my gosh, and giving's down and like all of these things. And so there's all of these scenarios that keep pastors, good-willed, good heart, love Jesus from letting go of control because of circumstances that they cannot control. Yes. Um, but yeah. think of... of Man, God doing what only He can do in that moment yes. for for uh, it just it's crazy to think about. Yeah, to, it's to so think freeing. that to, yes, to think that how much life is in that not only for the people but for for the shepherd that's yeah. in that environment. Just knowing mm-hmm. Jesus has this, He's going to do what He's going to yeah. do. Um, you know, Sam asked me before the podcast, like, "How's the source? You guys still doing it Friday nights? What's that like?" And I'm just like, "Man, I don't know. It is. It turns into what it turns into." Yeah. And it's so hard to exist in that. It has been, it's a lot easier these days, but I've, it, it, maybe it's a more of a, I don't even know how to use this term, like charismatic or I don't even know, but like, I know if I have a word, I know if I don't have a word. Mm-hmm. And if I don't, I'm not trying to like, oh, I'm going to read my Bible because right? I need to figure something out. Right. I'm not hitting up sermons.com. You just know. so I have something to say. Yeah. I, I'm just not. Hey, they got some good stuff on Grace, on Grace right now. Just <clears throat> pop know, on over there. I know. I contributed. <laughs> just kidding. Getting royalties? Nice. No, but seriously, like, you know, if you do and if you don't, then also, like, yeah, you get up there, and if it's not coming, it's like, hey, I'm, you know, like, to be able to to shift that way, right? Jesus said, like, with, like, the Spirit of God, the wind comes and it goes, and you don't know where it's coming from or where it's going. Like, it just, right. if it blows, it blows. Oh, hey, the wind's blowing. Oh, hey, the wind's not blowing. So do you do you, you just put that sail up? Do you guys ever have a time where, you know, you said you haven't really had anything? You know, there's been Sundays where it's like, man, I don't got a word. And maybe if you've never had a word, but then someone else 
does and boom, Absolutely. boom, it's sure. there. And and but but to let go of that freedom to yeah. know that like you're not the guy or, or there could even be a woman that you know like all right. of that stuff like right. just. God's well, going to do something, but it, all it takes is the freedom and just saying, let's just drop all of these, um, I, I don't, I don't want to say standards, but expectations that sure. God's going to speak through just this one person and just, let's just see what he does. Yeah. And then when people have permission to know that if God gives them a word, I mean, he, yep. he, he can do something. Right. Well, I think it's also prideful to assume that you're the only one that God is going to use to minister to the body that's present. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you are the guy. But if you never give people the opportunity, I've preached twice a sermon that is, uh, it was called um, Encouraging the Body to Share. And that's just me getting up there saying, look, you guys have experience with the Father. You guys are having relationship. If you ever need to share anything, if you've got, if you have a word, if you've got a teaching, like whatever it is, like you tell me and you have a platform here. Mm. We're all here to learn and grow. And the Lord told me one day, this is a training ground. Right. And so, hey, we're going to let people do it. So, yep. Sam, here's what I want you to do. Uh oh. Um, I I think there's something powerful. You, you have, I've, I've met guys like this before and, um, it's typically very powerful when you're face to face and you kind of know people, but you know, this is a podcast audience. You don't necessarily know everyone, but Mm -hmm. you have in your heart, the belief and the conviction that everybody has been given by God before the foundation of the earth good works and destiny to walk in. Yes. They have kingdom purpose, kingdom value, mm-hmm. right? They are valuable to the G- kingdom God of God. God had thoughts about you when he made you in your right. mother's womb, Psalms 139. Speak to that in them and just whatever you need to do to give them freedom to pursue that, hmm. it, you know, just speak to that place in wow. those people. Wow. <laughs> um, if you can. Yeah. If not, maybe I will. Yeah, you're stirring. <laughs> yeah, he's, here's what he's doing. Like you had some fire. He on said, you. "Hey, I have a Woo! message, but I want you to preach it. So yeah. you go ahead and preach it, Sam." <laughs> That's why I put my stuff on sermons.com. It's for That's else. awesome. <laughs> there are all kinds of tells about not only. I mean, you know, one of the big things for me is giftings, um, because I think people there's a spiritual illiteracy around how they're gifted with grace gifts. Is what I mean. You know, those seven grace gifts in Romans 12, and so people are already motivated a certain way and act. They're, they're operating. Whenever Jesus is needed in a situation, something leaps up out of them. And I think the Lord is, is, is laying breadcrumbs out <laughs> to show what your assignment is, but we're mostly distracted either by busyness or a comparative spirit with people Ooh. around us. That's true. So let me give something real quick. I saw somebody share a Facebook post from a couple years ago, um, and it was something I quoted in a sermon, um, but not to bring glory to myself, but the statement was don't render, render yourself useless by playing the game of comparison. Yes. That's really good. A rival spirit will rip you off and it'll just, yeah, the enemy loves it. (laughs) So being able to find that, but that takes some community. I think it takes some individual like pursuit, like praying into it and asking the Lord, but it takes some spiritual community for people to recognize and speak to you spiritually. Right. Second Corinthians five sixteen says we we don't we used to recognize Christ after the flesh. We do so no longer. We recognize each other after the Spirit. And so, being able to do that and and have that spoken to one another, I think, is a powerful dynamic. But having the convictions and then having the expectation that this is happening and and that it's probably not some. I just think it's so natural. I guess that's part of my deal. Is I'm like you can take the gift test. Right. 
But what I want to know is when Christ is needed, what leaps up out of you? Right. I feel one. like when you, when I've heard you talk about this before, you've said when crisis hits, you know what what comes out of you? Boom. I don't think I think it's a natural reflex. It's right. glorious. I want to serve. I want to give. I want to teach. I want to, you know, something just comes out of you. I want to encourage. I want to be shoulder to cry Yeah, boom, it goes. And like, go with that, then mature and, you know, and grow in that thing. And then look where he sovereignly puts you to where you would apply that and start to discern your assignment. Because I'm trying to do that now. I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to work on my assignment. There's a lot of opportunities opening right now. And I'm like, that not everything that's coming is from the Lord. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like, how do I, how do I stay faithful to my assignment while also watching the evolution of the ministry that I'm in because I don't know all the pieces and there's really a tension right there that you got to hold in balance. So anyway, I don't know if that's what you were going, you got some other stuff in your heart, yell it. No, I just, you know, I, I think a long time ago, I suppose a long time ago when we first started our church and I would look out at the people Mm -hmm. in, in the congregation, I would think about myself who, um, from the womb to the pew, and in and out of every church you can think of just through my journey because I was in and out with, you know, God apparently. Mm-hmm. But it had nothing to do it had a lot more to do with my identity and my understanding of grace than anything, right? Like yeah. so anyways, I went from church to church, from congregation to congregation. I sat in one of those seats and I listened and my heart burned within me and the tears f- would flow and I just knew like I was made for something more and I wanted to serve the Lord. And, and a lot of that kind of was works based stuff, but I, you know, I knew the Lord had called me and I just wanted to do what I was supposed to be doing. And, um, and so there was a moment and I think I've told this story, but the short story is I walked into my dad's church on father's day in 2010. And it was as though God was standing in the room waiting on me. And it's like, I walked in and looked and I'm like, Oh, I didn't know you were here, mm. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, well, there he is. I guess I got to deal with it. Wow. And so it was essentially the moment where he was saying, let's go. Like, mm. you know, you've, you've run for too long, my son, right? Like you're made for more. And uh, that's what the pastor prayed over me. He was like, you tried to get away. You tried to do this, you tried to do that, but the world couldn't have you because you're not the world. See, mm. you're his, you've been his and he's not going to let you go. And, and so I got opportunity to move and plan a church and do all that stuff. But, um, one guy told me one time, he said, you know, I believe God's going to do something great through you, but he's going to do something great in you. And that's been my journey mm-hmm. is my relationship with him, my identity, freedom, all those things, um, just continuing to grow and mature. Right. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't you say that for us? And I know that I, I feel like I can make this statement about us because we talk a lot. Um, but over the last two, three, four years, I mean, Maybe we haven't seen as much God doing things through us as much as He has been doing in us, um, like through us in the in the sense of a typical leadership role and this and right. you know well, that we're type not of thing. But like hundreds of people, right? Like, yeah. So and, I mean, but but the amount of life change that has happened, heart change, mindset change, all of that stuff, yeah. in the last two three years. I mean, I feel like that's gotten exponentially more for us as we've stepped out of the paradigm that we previously existed in. Right. Well, yeah. So I think where I was going was, you know, I, I know that my experience isn't uncommon and I know that there are people who are sitting out there right now, probably feeling the same thing. Mm. And they've been in churches and they've sat through the sermons and they're there and they're just like, 
I need more, I need more, I need more, or I want more or whatever it is. And they just kind of feel like they're in this place. Well, you know, it took a leader in my life, Joe Boyd, Mm. to look at me and say, I recognize call and God on your life. And so I'm going to give you opportunity. And so, you know, his hope was that I would come and that he could help disciple and pour pour into me and grow me as a leader and, and do this thing. And, you know, he gave me a really great opportunity, but, you know, I, I think what Joe saw in me, uh, or what Joe did, what was super valuable was he gave me an opportunity to platform and he um, gave me a place mm-hmm. to actually have value and he saw the value. And I think it was a, it was a Christ thing. It was a Holy Spirit thing. And I just think that that's what you have. Like you see other people like that. And I have to remind myself constantly that there are people who are like that, right? Like, you know, everybody's got a kingdom, something in them that God wants yes. to bring out. Right. And, and I need to say, I've seen people in that, that are in the institution. Right. And they're moving and I'm looking, I'm going, they vibrant and got life and not whether it's working or not working, I can just see them alive in Christ. So I think that's really important that we're not trying to say it can't happen or it happens. Yeah. 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 I just, you know, I, I just feel like maybe there's somebody who just needs Mm. that encouragement that, you know, it, to him be all glory, power, honor, authority, glory. Yes. Like, I mean, Jesus has the authority. When when you read, go read the beginning of your beginnings of your epistles, specifically Paul, and Paul will say an apostle yep. called by, apostle of Christ Jesus, yes. called by him to. The Father is the one who gives assignment. The Father is the one who has the authority right. to activate you, to call you out and into, to make you ecclesia, to give you value and purpose. Right. And so... If you're waiting on a man to do it, I think there's, I think there's some wisdom in having people around you confirm that. But when it all boils down to it, mm. right? And I think that's just that alternative church expression thing. Maybe you feel like you're stuck where you're at. You, you just you just need authority. You just need like permission to go. And I'm just saying, go mm. in Christ, right? Mm. By His Spirit in you, go be that person and go do that thing, mm. and stop waiting on someone else to, you know. That's right. Really I, I don't know. I just. I had to get that out. You're stirred about this. Yeah. Do you ever pray on Salty Dog? (laughs) I would think we have before, yeah. Yeah. You ought to pray for whoever you feel. Okay, Father, thank you. (laughs) Just, I I can't, Mm. I'm seeing in part, God, but it's it's stirring in my heart, and and you want to, you just want to activate somebody. You want to activate everybody, God. You want people to see that kingdom dream that you've put deep down inside their heart, that purpose, that destiny. And those good works to walk in, and they don't always look glamorous, and there's not always um, a claim that comes with that. Um, mm. But God, I just I pray that you're stirring in people's hearts now, yes. activating them to just step out and say, "Yes, God, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll go where you want me to go," mm. and then to give them the faith to trust every step of the way, knowing that you'll do something great through them, but you also want to do something great in them. God, thank you for our journeys. Each and every one of us, we get to walk with you. We get to walk with others, but ultimately it boils down to the gnosko, the knowing you experientially. And some people need to know that you are Jehovah Jireh, the provider, not just hearing that you have provided, but them actually experiencing that you are and that you lead and guide, that you are the good shepherd, Jesus, and you want to lead these people by your voice and they'll know it, they'll hear it and they can follow you, Jesus, the way that you desire for them to follow you, just full of faith, full of trust, like a child doing your will and bringing about your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So 
Uh, God, I just thank you for bringing people into kingdom purpose and kingdom order in their lives and and uh, activating them into those good works. Mm-hmm. And uh, God, for those who it means that they need to step out of a current paradigm, whatever it may be, give them the um, the courage, the strength, and the faith to do that mm-hmm. and to follow you and to hear your voice. So, yeah. Amen. 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 Thanks for doing that. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> there was that. <laughs> well, to me, that, those are my f- favorite moments. Is Because you, you obviously being moved. You were being moved earlier when you asked me to answer a question yeah. that you had the answer right. to. Right. He, he so we both saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. It's like but your spirit you was stirring you, and then you respond. I feel like I didn't even really it. have words for it. Just yeah, somebody needs a son. They're getting a yeah. jolt right now. Yeah. But right. Man, you know, I think I think it's so easy when we have these conversations for you know I don't want it to come across like we're trying to poo poo on any pastors or or on the church, but because here's here's the deal, poo poo pastor podcast, <laughs> right? Here's the deal. It took you, God calling you, Sam McVeigh, out speaking directly to your heart and giving you a challenging word. Are you building? You know, are you, are you Ishmael or Isaac? Ishmael or Isaac? Yeah, doing? and it took Jason, God speaking words yep. directly to you, and it take. I mean, it it takes that. That's where change comes from. Yes, doesn't necessarily come. I mean, it can. You can your spirit, your heart can get stirred by hearing the words of man, but but when you feel presence and you yes. hear the voice of God, that's when stuff happens. Yes, and so my encouragement. To anyone listening to this would be just listen, seek the voice of Jesus, tune your ear to he speak. We just gotta tune in for it and and just do whatever he says. I feel like that's our that's our cop out as as a church. I'm constantly yeah. telling people, listen to Jesus and do whatever he do says. What he says. And, and it's the best advice. And I and, and it's an easy answer, but truly if we will just do that, yes. it's a game changer. It really it, is. it changes things. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So so Kat, she's with church on the street mm. and she says, This lady it's no joke. I'm tuned in tonight. Mm. Amen. Thank you, Father, for the confirmation to what I've been praying about. That's awesome. So Good. I didn't know it was her, but Good. it's her. And praise the Lord. Boom, boom. Amen. Hot dog, Sam. Yeah. It's good to have you, man. It's great being here. Do you here. got any parting words? Just I appreciate what you guys are doing, and I and I think I'm, I appreciate you dealing with the frustration <laughs> about the stuff. But I uh, but I love your generation that's getting wisdom in the midst of the frustration because to yeah. me, frustration without the wisdom is going to be dangerous. Mm. It's just going to yeah. cause more damage. And so right. I appreciate your guys' heart and sensitivity to Holy Spirit. I would just you know call you to that. Uh, just keep responding to the Spirit. Train to call. People people to do that because mm-hmm. the the idea or the non-idea the thing or the non-thing is not going to set anybody free he who the sun sets free is free indeed right. what we need is skilled blessed mature leaders who lead people into the presence of god and so yeah. amen well the salty dogs podcast started out as a podcast where the salty dogs are were not us but those that we bring on the a salty dog is someone who's been to war spent yeah. a lot of time at sea mm. So they get salt behind the ears, and they've been through the storm. They know yeah. how to navigate. They've dealt with, um, you know, they've been all over the map. They know the sea like yeah. the back of their hand. They, yeah. you know, and so you're one of those guys. It's funny. You're, you're a salty it's funny man. I didn't think about it. some of the stuff happened to me before it was a lot of language. <clears throat> the thing that was happening, right. church planning, and da, da, da. I just I didn't yeah. even think about that till tonight very much. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. nuts. Yeah, you're a forerunner, man. Yeah, yeah, oh, pretty amazing. It's good, it's good stuff. Good. Well, this is our last episode wow. of the season. Of the season. We have a couple bonuses that will come out. We do. We actually have Possibly. one here in two weeks. Yeah. Shh, you're not supposed to tell people that. <laughs> Why not? I don't know. We can tell people. Here, let's actually throw the book out there. So let me tell you guys, um, we are going to be reading here in the next two weeks. We only have two weeks, Christopher. I got it. You got what? I'm going to read it. 
Oh, okay, yeah. Weeks. So we have this book called Apparent Faith, What Fatherhood Taught Me About the Father's Heart by Carl Forehand. So let me tell you, I met this guy through a Facebook group, a Christian Podcaster Association Facebook group. And um, anyways, uh, we talked about him coming on, and we just one of the things we did this season was we read a book and we interviewed the author. So we're doing that again. So let me tell you, I don't know anything about the book. Um, we're going to read it. We're going to read it. And then it we're could gonna, suck. Yeah, it could suck. It could. It's not going to suck. It could be like way out of our theological doctrinal mm-hmm. bend. I, I don't know. So it's going to be fun to bring the guy on and talk about it. But what I do know is that we we love having conversations with people, um, hearing their thought process. How did you come to that conclusion? What have you been wrestling with? Like, what's the Lord showing you? And yeah. so this book is actually about uh, this man's journey and um, kind of rethinking some of his theology about God based on him being a parent. Yeah. So he's thinking about his heart towards his kids, and then he looks at some of what he sees in Scripture, and he's like, uh, that's hard for me to reconcile. So he wrote a book about it. Well, all pastors would agree that they get 90% more analogies uh, for their sermons when they have kids. So that's right. That's the one thing that we can all agree yeah. about. That's but, funny. Yeah, so, man, people, you can you can find us in the Salty Dogs Christian Podcast group if you want to stay plugged in with us during the droughts. Uh, Jason, how long do we normally take a break? During uh, this? It's typically through the holiday season, so uh, November, December, get through the new year, January, and typically about February, we, yeah. we jump back on it. So, And we just do this just to take a break, you know, and, and spend some time with family. The holidays are crazy and all and that And we went long. We and... got we pumped out 20 episodes this season, so you're welcome. Yeah. You, you yeah, we had to make even, We had to make room for Sam. People aren't even given anymore, and we're still doing this. I'm just <laughs> That's kidding. Right. We're like, end of season, get out of the way. <laughs> Sam's coming on. Well, should we do a end of season, end of year gift? Like a... Like a the, how? like a tithing, like an end of year mm. big gift. <laughs> if you guys want to give us money, that's totally fine with me. <laughs> you could sell these. We could sell penguins. the penguins. If you'll yeah, send us a hundred dollars, we'll send you a. Hey, actually, I do want to do something cool. So, um, it uh, we've we have stickers and buttons. If you guys are interested in stickers and buttons at all, just shoot us an email, saltydogspodcast at gmail dot com. Yeah, tell us and what me, you love about the podcast. Yeah, and so I'll I'll I will commit to sending out to the first ten people. I mean, I know we have. We actually have hundreds of listeners. I've looked at the analytics. It's not thousands, though. So how many are you running, Chris? <laughs> Apparently not enough. Yeah, right. I only feel comfortable number dropping since I actually looked at the analytics, and I felt comfortable with it. Nice. Yeah, I had my ego stroked. Well, luckily, I don't find my identity in podcast numbers, so I'm good Gosh, to go. You're good to go. Is that right. we're signing this one out? Yeah, season season three. That's a wrap. Coming to a wrap. Hey, guess what? We're actually going to be launching a new website, too. Yeah, that's exciting. Look out for that in 2020. No, it'll be sooner. Dead comment. Yeah. I'm wrong. That's totally fine. <laughs> I'm totally wrong. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure, uh, keep up with us. Um, you can follow us on Facebook and uh, shoot us emails, saltydogspodcast.com. You can contact us multiple ways. We love, love, love hearing from listeners. Here's what I would like. I would like for people to continue to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, and I would also like people to send us emails um, just letting us know what they do or don't like about the show because we have a segment called Pass the Salt. And so we want to get the salt cube. We've been salt. Full. We've been salt saltless. Yeah. The past like two, three episodes. Yeah. So, anyways. Maybe that means we suck. That's Maybe we, we won't come back for season So, if you rate a review, if you review or you write us an email, sometimes we'll read some of that on the air and we'll give you a shout out. So, thanks for doing that too. Salty Dogs. Out. Out.